all-too-magical Christmas. A seasonal report in 24 sections. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Incident Report YUL 20 Backslash 12 Section 10 There is something rather delightful about empty city streets. The relief of sauntering casually down a street where you would usually have to swerve and hustle among the crowds, humming a happy little tune where usually you would have to shout over the bang and roar of the traffic to look up at the buildings around you instead of down at the road, dodging smeared fast food and pedestrians too fixated on their phones to actually look where they might be walking. But it's not just a relief. It's a pleasure. An illicit secret pleasure, having the pavements and plazas and parks all to yourself, unshared, uninterrupted, as if the whole city were built purely for your own entertainment. This was the London that Puss in Boots and I found ourselves in, Somewhere in the distance you could hear traffic and the omnipresent grey noise of the city. But these streets were deserted, echoing and silent. After my morning chasing geese and being chased by Santas, bargaining with ravens and being threatened by pantomime characters, it was a glorious, indulgent respite. Peace and quiet. Too quiet, of course. I do realise that there's entirely another, possibly more responsible and reasonable way to look at this empty city. You might see it as a post-apocalyptic, haunting, terrifying place. You might wonder, perhaps, what on earth had actually happened to all the people. You might be aware that somewhere in the alleys and tunnels and cellars was massing an army of enchanted mice, plotting their next move. You might know that even now ancient coursing magic was swirling unfettered all around you, gathering in strength and strangeness, and you might then not saunter or hum or gaze about you quite so happily, but instead, as the cat said, Take care. He snagged my jacket with his claws. Unless I judge amiss, something fell gathers in these streets. I think it might just be that that bin needs emptying, I said, but I stopped humming. He was right, of course. The city was not as quiet as it seemed. As we crept past Liverpool Street Station, we could hear a sound like a great mass of people, only considerably more squeaky, and what sounded like someone making a very high-pitched speech. There was a pret-a-manger with the window broken in and the shelves ransacked, the floor covered in discarded crusts, and down a side road we glimpsed a Greggs on fire. As we wound through the streets towards Moorgate we heard fifes and drums in Finsbury pavement, and from the artillery grounds beside Chiswell Street there came an ominous pop, 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 which sounded all too much like target practice. But it was as we approached the Barbican underpass, however, where the road dives into a tunnel under the housing blocks above, that we were to discover quite how right he was. What was fell was a black cab tipped onto its side across the road, and a barricade of shopping carts, shipping pallets, and Amazon boxes piled up around it. Halt! cried a high-pitched voice, and a mouse climbed up on top of the overturned taxi. But no ordinary mouse. This was now the size of a small dog, and was wearing a saucepan as a helmet. 
In his hand, he held a broomstick that had a carving knife tied to the end of it. Stop right there, he said. You are now prisoners of General Oliver Cromwell and the new Roden army. Curfew for humans, said another voice, and a head appeared up out of the smashed driver's window of the cab, this one wearing a red football sock as a hat with a croissant-shaped cockade pinned to it. By order of Marat and the Revolutionary Committee. You keep out of it, apparatchik, said the first mouse. These are military prisoners. I'm going to cut off their tails with a carving knife. See how they like it. Humans don't have tails, said the other mouse. That one does, said the soldier. That is because he is a cat. A cat? said the first, finally realising. And the cry went up all around us. It's a cat! It's a cat! As more heads appeared from behind the barricade. A cat! shouted the first mouse. Fascist gangster! Enemy of the people! Execute him! shouted a voice. Show trial! shouted another voice. Show trial and execute! shouted the third. Or the other way round! Doesn't really matter, does it? Just, just, just hold on, hold on, I said. There's just one thing I want to clear up before we move on to the travesties of justice and guillotining. What on earth is going on? Revolution, cried the mouse in the sock. You imperialist running dogs. Cats, corrected the mouse with the carving knife. Cats, said the other. The workers are rising up. Out of the subway, said the first. And seizing the means of production. Production of what, I said. Bread, mostly, said the soldier. Bakers, said the mouse in the hat, getting himself worked up. Capitalist stooges, we demand a bap for every mouse. Let them eat cake, shouted the soldier. Cake? I said, that's rather bourgeois, isn't it? <gasps> Class traitor, shouted the mouse in the taxi, waving a hastily stapled-together pamphlet. The words of Chairman Mao Zedong himself, pastries are elitist, bread is the food of the working mouse. Meaning that the political cadres will keep all the cake for themselves, I said. Yeah, why can't I have cake? said the soldier, waving his carving knife. Aren't I good enough, eh? Sedition, shouted the mouse in the hat, ducking back into the taxi. Aux armes, souris! Two more mice in red hats leapt onto the taxi, both waving toasting forks at the mouse in the helmet. Oppressors, he shouted, slashing at them with his broom handle. Aristocrats! Elitists! came a voice from behind the cab, and traitors! came another toasting fork rang against carving knife and the precarious barricade began to shake and rattle as scuffles broke out voices crying and shouting baguettists briochists come on cat i said while they're distracted we're right at the edge of the city here and the edge of their revolution i think that's why their barricade is here smithfield is right there we can just go you go said the cat save keep Mon ami, my work is calling me.
What are you going to do? I said. You've seen them. They're getting bigger. A challenge, he said with a horrifying grin. No matter how big they may get, mice are still a cowardly, superstitious lot. I shall become a creature of the night. I shall become a cat. And he swept off his hat in a low bow, turned and sprang into the shadows of the Barbican underground car park and was gone. Good luck, you kill-crazy maniac, I said. And edging my way through the quaking, yowling barricade, I ran as fast as I could through the underpass and out into Aldersgate Street, where I discovered, much to my consternation, that it was snowing. You have been listening to An All Too Magical Christmas, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. The music is The Russian Dance from Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker, played by the Norman Leyden Orchestra and by Spike Jones and his City Slickers, both sourced from the Internet Archive. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, as well as most places that there are podcasts. But... Wherever it is, please rate and review us. It really helps. We also now have a YouTube channel. Just search YouTube for Tales from Ruritania or follow the link in the show notes for more seasonal stories and videos. You can get in touch through our website at ruritania.co.uk where you can also find links to all our other stories. And tune in next episode for another exciting update from your hardworking government wizard. <laughs> <laughs>